listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nick. Nick, how are we doing? Nick, I cannot hear you if you were talking. I hear you now. Can you hear me? I can. All right. How's it going? Dude, I'm I'm not good, man. How are you? <laughs> um, I'm okay. Um, I can name one reason why you're not good and why a lot of us aren't good. But um, you know what, Micah? I think I think we should just you know get get this out of the way. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Um, I think I'm gonna let you talk on it on what happened the other day at Virginia since. You are the Virginia fan. You are the big Virginia talk head on Twitter. You lead the Virginia ride. You're you're diehard UVA. And uh, something tragic happened the other day. Um, and you know what, dude? I'll I'll just let you speak about it. Um, how are you feeling? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a terrible, terrible situation in Charlottesville that you don't want to wish on your worst enemy. That's just awful. Dude, it's just crazy how, you know, life likes to humble you, you know? Like, I mean, for fuck's sakes, man. It was, what, Sunday night? <laughs> A couple hours before this tragedy happened. I'm talking to you about whether or not I should go to Blacksburg because I don't know how I can handle a 3-7 and seven football team. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and now we're talking about <laughs> this. I mean, dude, like, so... This might be deep, fucked up, whatever. But you know, when Kobe when Kobe died, I didn't get it, man. There were so many people that were like devastated by it. I mean, like crying their eyes out, you know, changing their profile pictures. Just, I mean, just <laughs> you would have thought they lost their brother, right? <laughs> and I just didn't get it. I was like, man, it's Kobe Bryant. Like he was an icon. I grew up watching him, but. He's just, you know, it's a celebrity, man. It's tragedy. It's tough. But, you know, sometimes you just have to move on. And, you know, thank, be thankful for what you got from their amazing life. Dude, I, I mean, I've cried so many times, man. I'm about to start crying again. Like, I, I've met Deshaun Perry's family. I, you know, again, I give hundreds of dollars every year to UVA football. <laughs> I still tell the story about my senior year. You know, I went to every football game except for one. The two and ten season, 2013. <laughs> like, this program means so much to me. I mean, I, two weeks ago, I was at Marshall doing the whole Marshall tour, seeing the plane crash site. Like, you know, this maybe doesn't compare to it in terms of, obviously, the numbers. <laughs> but with the senselessness that was this <laughs> incident, it almost, I mean, it, it hurts pretty damn bad. I mean... Like, I don't know if you saw the interview that just got released by ABC with the student that was on that bus trip, Nick. The young man who decided to take the lives of not only UVA football players, but, you know, also hit a UVA track athlete and another UVA football player who was in critical condition, wasn't even in the class that was part of that field trip. So there's a lot of stuff that's still coming out, man, that, you know, it's just makes it all the more disturbing it makes it really really tough to you know to swallow i mean like 
And I just hate how selfishly, like, frustrated I am that all this happened. I mean, I'm supposed to be going to Starkville this weekend. And, like, I'm still waiting to see if Virginia's playing this weekend. Because if they're playing this weekend, man, I'm, I'm serious when I say I might quit my job if they don't let me go to Charlottesville. Like, <laughs> I almost drove there last night. <laughs> That's how much I love that place. Like, I didn't go to school there. I didn't, you know, necessarily spend four years on the grounds like many people have. But I've spent whew, many weekends, many weekdays, many just, you know, hours of my life in Charlottesville. And, you know, it's it's just so tough to see because, yeah, obviously, you know, it's, it's I hate when people say it, but, you know, it's it's the football team, you know, it's a couple players, but... I mean, I think the most frustrating part of all of this was it was not only just innocent lives, but I mean, these were (laughs) these were student athletes who were going on a school field trip because they loved it was going to be, you know, whether it be in sports or not. I mean, again, this is messed up, maybe, but we're talking about starters on this team (laughs) like these are people that. All of us as fans knew. <laughs> I mean, I'm the type of I was the guy that was criticizing Lavelle Davis a couple weeks ago on this podcast because I felt like he couldn't catch a ball. And it's just you look back on it now. I mean, obviously hindsight's 2020, and it's like, I mean, again, it, it's not our job because we don't necessarily get paid to do this. But I mean, it's we're supposed to be, you know, true to what we think is happening on the field and everything like that. But man. None of that shit matters. And it's just tough. It really is. I mean, like, you know, today they had the press conference, you know, Tony Elliott explaining that the hardest part was explaining to his nine-year-old son what happened and why he's never his nine-year-old son's never going to see some of the kids uh, on that football team that he truly looked up to. I mean, shit like that, man. Like, and, you know, the young man that, that did the tragedy – was on the football team for maybe a semester, and that was it. He really pretty much participated in workouts, was hurt. Um, you know, it, it's it's just a tragedy to think that, you know, that young man had a story written about him when he committed to UVA, how he overcomes so many tough childhood traumas, and, you know, it just shows you how important mental health really is because, I mean, to to, to factor in, to think that way, to, to be able to just discredit a life at that level. I mean, you know, it's, it's just tough. And again, like what's crazy, how much it hurts me. And I mean, when you think about the grand scheme of things, I'm on the bottom of the totem pole, man. There are UVA fans that are way more involved with the players' families. There's obviously the players, there's the coaches, there's the university officials, the boyfriends, the girlfriends, the the best friends, the brothers, the sisters, the cousins, the uncles. I mean, so many more people that this has to affect more than me. And I mean, it's like, I mean, today at work, I wore all UVA stuff. I mean, I said, like, if, if they end up playing Saturday, which, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not even going to give my input on what I think they should do because my opinion doesn't matter. But, you know, if they end up playing Saturday against Coastal Carolina or they postpone slash cancel that and just play Virginia Tech. You can bet your sweet ass I'll be there. If not, first game next season's in Nashville. 
I already promised you I was going to be there anyways, but <laughs> you can bet your sweet ass I'll be there. I'll be there at the spring game. I'll be there wherever I need to be, whenever I need to be there, man. Because, I mean, this is a team that, at the end of the day, like, sucks that they're 3-7. and seven. It sucks that they're going to miss a bowl. It's been a frustrating season, but none of that shit matters anymore. It never really mattered to begin with, but now it really doesn't matter because, I mean, man, like... You know, we talk about the NC State, you know, how tough it is to be an NC State fan. I mean, just to, I mean, just to provide some insight, Nick, on being a UVA football fan. I mean, this obviously is a tragedy. It's something that it's going to take who knows how long to overcome just for me. And again, I'm just a fan. I'm not even people in that facility that saw Lavelle Davis every day. I've high-fived Lavelle Davis. I've talked to Deshaun Perry's dad. That's the extent of it. I remember getting a, a like from Devin Chandler on Twitter from actually on our fifth quarter page when he committed to UVA uh, from the transfer portal. You know, like I've seen those, but like that's that's it for me. And yet it's hitting me so hard. But I mean, this is a program, Nick. I mean, four years ago, 2019, they're playing for an Orange Bowl. They beat Virginia Tech. I mean, riding high. And then the tragedy that is COVID strikes the whole world. So, again, when it comes to being a Virginia fan, that doesn't matter. But it kills the momentum of that program. Then last year, Bronco abruptly retires, and it kills more momentum of that program. You know, they have COVID and have to miss a second straight bowl game. Um, and then this year, I mean, it's been a tough season. And yet, with all of that, it doesn't even matter because we have a <laughs> – what could be arguably one of the biggest tragedies in college football history. I mean, I was having a conversation with some people, um, you know, when I was at Marshall, uh, before obviously any of this happened two weeks ago, and it was clearly Marshall one, Wichita State's football team two, and then, you know, there's a lot of schools sprinkled in that have unfortunately, you know, I think Utah kind of falls into that category with the passing of, uh, I believe it was Jordan Love? No, not Jordan Love. Oh, man. Ty, Ty Love? Ty, no, Ty Jordan and I can't remember the name of the other young, young man, but both number 22 of all things. You know, they all passed away within a year of each other um, at wow. Utah. <laughs> you know, this might have to top that, and you don't want to have to top that. And, you know, there's there's just so many questions. Like, you know, that's the thing about this whole thing is, you know, and I, I'm assuming it seems like the entire world, and especially the UVA community, does not give a shit if they play Saturday. Like, anyone that's going to be upset that they that they decide to play or don't play needs to have the uh, needs to look in the mirror. But you know, this is there's just so many questions. And again, this is a former player who, by the way, doesn't know a single one of these guys. The last time that young man suited up in any sort of idea of the University of Virginia's football program was before Devin Chandler and <laughs> the whole squad, all three of them, Sean Perry, you know, Lavelle Davis, before any of them ever were in Virginia uniforms. And, you know, sure enough, like, it, it just sounds from the accounts like it was targeted at them. And I just don't, I just don't understand and there's, you can never understand that young man's brain. And who knows what's going to happen from the trials and, 
and everything else down the road. I mean, because, I mean, the stories that, that were accounted, I mean, the fact that that young man pretty much chose to use what bullets he had on the football guys on the bus, you know, just, you have to wonder what was going on. And again, that's, you just can go down a rabbit hole for hours on end. I mean, I could only imagine what the family's got to feel like to wonder. I mean, like, you know, you should be able to feel comfortable that your son's going on a field trip in college and that nothing's going to happen to them, especially a targeted attack, let alone any sort of accident. I mean, dude, like, Saturday's Virginia loss sucked, but, I mean, I, you could have told me they won by 37, and I would have, I would have forgotten about it. I mean, this is just, I mean, I'm at a loss for words, man. And at this point, all we can do is just pray for the families, pray for, you know, that community. I mean, you know, it's been really tough, you know, as a member of, you know, again, I've not lived in Charlottesville. My best friend lives in Charlottesville and, you know, has been around there. Obviously, I've been in my life. You know, I like to think that it has a piece of my heart. But, you know, the fact that, you know, there's just so much evil in this world, not even just what happened, but the way people are spinning it, man. Some people are spinning it at these football players, you know, it was a football targeted thing. They were saying it was a hazing incident. They were saying that there was this, that, the other. You know, there are people bringing up the riots that occurred as if that has nothing to do with what the hell just happened. But yet they need to make that a correlation to judge the city of Charlottesville to judge the tragedies of the University of Virginia. They brought up the Yardley Love situation from many years ago with the men's and women's lacrosse program at UVA. Like, none of that shit matters, man. When are we going to appreciate the lives of these young men that just passed away? I mean, dude, it's... If they play football again this year, man, that's... You know, I know, I know we joked about UConn winning the national title, but... I mean, I know I texted you, Nick, and I had fifth quarter CCC, CCU, my buddy Hayden, on board. Like, hopefully, hopefully you did put UVA at 25A because I don't know if there's really any team that deserved to be 25. There's way too many teams that can be ranked but really shouldn't be. But B, I mean, like, just to overcome this, I mean, sure, they're 3-7, and seven, but, I mean, hell, the Associated Press or USA Today or New York Times, whoever, I think it was New York Times, gave UConn a national title for not even playing ball during the pandemic. So, I mean, if Virginia can suit up and play this year, I mean, all I know is I hope that every single person that calls themselves a Wahoo is in Scott Stadium because, man, I'll, <laughs> they play this weekend. I, I'm serious when I tell you, I'm going to tell my employer, like, I'm not going to Starkville. Like, I'm not doing it. Like, if I'm going to be miserable the whole time, what I would rather be in my heart somewhere else. Like, there's no way I can do it. So, you know, I just hope that whatever decision they make, I mean, is the right one. I know it's going to be for the guys in that locker room because, you know, I know a lot of people that are like, oh, they're going to want to play for the young men. You know, that's what they would have wanted them to do, and I, I, I fully get that. But, dude, I'm torn up, and I, I don't even have to, A, try to suit up for a football game potentially this week or next week. But B, again, I didn't know those young men. I, I wasn't on the scene. I wasn't in Charlottesville. I wasn't at all involved in this. So if they, if they suit up, 
man, kudos to them, but whatever they decide, I mean, this, this shit's just got to stop, man. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it was really hard to believe um, what, I mean, how I went about it. You know, I woke up and you had tweeted from our account, Mike, of fifth quarter ACC. And uh, I was like, what, what happened in Charlottesville? I, I, I don't know what's going on. Um, and I really didn't even look at my phone. I just like saw Twitter notifications from the tweet you put out. Then I went to work and then you had texted me about putting Virginia at 25. And I was like, I, I really got to like, look and see what happened. Like what, what's going on. And then my brother told me like during my lunch break, uh, what had happened um and it was just astonishing like that's that's so freaking unfortunate like uh, i can't imagine what you're going through micah because you know if this was like if this was on nc state if this happened to a state player like isaiah moore or you know one of the drake brothers Devin larry whatever like i would be like probably crying too i would go to raleigh this weekend and skip work i really wouldn't care like i would do everything i could to get to raleigh um so i don't blame you for trying to do that either just unreal man um hearing the stories you know i i'm not gonna say his name because i'm not gonna out him but um you know, my old college roommate who uh, is part of the program told me, like, the background of this kid and, you know, what had happened. And it's just unbelievable. I think I don't know the full story and you guys don't take my word for it at all. I mean, trust Micah more than you trust me. But the what I'm hearing is the fact that this could have been prevented uh, is probably the most frustrating thing to me that this could have been stopped or this shouldn't have happened is just unreal to me. Um, I can't imagine what those families are feeling. I can't imagine what Charlottesville is feeling right now. UVA, like just unreal. Um, if, if they decide to play on Saturday, then Holy hell good for them. Um, I honestly don't care if they do or not. It's completely up to the players if they want to or not. Uh, but if they do, it, I mean, it makes sense if they want to just to play for, you know, their buddies that and their brothers that they lost just a few days ago. I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to or not. Um, just unreal. I mean, what a sad – it's a sad day in the ACC. It's a sad day in college football. Um, just so sad, man. I, 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 I'm lost for words. Truly, I am. Three, three football players and two other students. Well, it was four football players that are – three that – so Mike Collins, thankfully, Lord willing, will survive. But yeah. he was on a ventilator. I mean – 
students. The other was a track athlete. Yeah. I don't really necessarily want to say her name just because, you know, it sounds like they've kind of wanted to keep her name under wraps, but it is out there now. But, you know, it's just... And, like, I think the most frustrating or humbling part to me was, Nick, I got the notification. I woke up, I don't know, 3 o'clock in the morning piss on, on Monday, technically, but, you know, the night of Sunday going into Monday. And saw that there was a shooting at UVA, and that it involved the former player. And that's all it said, because that's all that was kind of shared at that time. And I'm going to be completely frank with you. I was just like, damn, that's really fucked. Like, you know, that's how trauma or how desensitized we are nowadays. It's like, man, that shit sucks. Like, <laughs> prayers to anybody involved, but, you know, hopefully it's not too bad. And then, you know, rumors start swelling that, it's Dontavian Wicks who got shot from UVA, obviously another star player on the football team, you know, and that this is this and this and then like, you know, it's just like, there's no way this is happening. Like, you know, this is, this is so strange. And then like, you know, the rumblings of, well, this is the player that was kicked off for this or for that, like hazing, sexual assault, so on and so forth. Like there's so much shit circulated and like, you know, Credit to the University of Virginia. They were very articulate with what happened. They didn't, you know, rush to conclusions. And there were a lot of great media sources that didn't either. But, I mean, dude, like, you know, it's just so, so frustrating. Like, you know, and and, and I think the, the toughest part is, you know, seeing the amount of people that are even more desensitized to it. Like, I, it, it's crazy. Like, now I can kind of relate what it's like to be on the other side when, you know, maybe I haven't cared as much about something that's happened that's affected somebody else's life than, obviously, the people involved in it. Like, I mean, I see all these college football accounts that haven't even truly acknowledged what's happening, you know, and not saying that they have to. Like, in a way, it's probably a good thing to try to be positive only and not dwell on what's going on and being a part of the mourning process, I guess you could say. But, you know, it's, it's just so hard when you sit there and you're just like, man, like, this is just so, you know, it, it, there's people that are using political gain. They're using it for personal clout. They're using it for whatever the hell they're using. Like, there were people, man, setting up fake GoFundMes to get money that they were going to donate to the families. And then were proven to be pocketing them. Thankfully, GoFundMe caught them. And I'm sure there's going to be some legal actions and people are going to get their money back. But, like, there's people that are that fucked up in this world to do that. And, like, it's just a reality check of, you know, like, it's... <laughs> I think that's probably been the hardest part is just trying to be positive. Like, my job's been kicking my ass to begin with. <laughs> and then, you know, the, my, my source of outlet, even when frustrating, <laughs> is Virginia football. And, you know, now we're sitting here and you're seeing the darkest of people and the darkest of times. And it's just, yeah, like, I feel like I, I, I feel like such an ass to have questioned even going to Virginia, Virginia Tech less than 12 hours before one of the worst tragedies and by far the worst tragedy in Virginia sports history has happened. And I mean, it's just, yeah, it's super humbling because, you know, I'm over here 
you know, just trying to give away tickets to Saturday's game, struggling to do so, salty about that, you know, salty about the season, questioning this, questioning that, like, and the part that scares me the most, man, is I know come next year, right, if Virginia struggles again, everyone's going to be calling for Tony Elliott's head. And at this point, man, I don't even fucking care. <laughs> like, and now if it's 10 years of going 2-10, and 10, sure, maybe it's time for a change. But, man, this, sh- this shit's just, I mean, ugh, I got nothing, nothing more. Just praying for the families and the community at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think well, a- another frustrating thing is that when you, when you hear, not like when you hear stories like this, but when, like you said, you were getting notifications, breaking news, that kind of thing. Most of the time when it's like this, it's you're you're doing something wrong. You're 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 not in a good situation. It could be something, you know, bad that you're doing, right? This was just a field trip, man. The these guys were on a on a field trip, like you said, doing something that they love for their classes. Um I I think that is probably the worst part where it's not like a drug related thing it's not a gang related thing it's not any of that because when you hear those kind of updates you're like oh man like it's a drug related thing or whatever um but it's not uh it's it's a tragic 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 story and it's just a bunch of guys just you know trying to get their degree at the end of the day at a great university at one of the prestigious universities this nation has to offer. Um, but I, I, my prayers are with the families and the university of Virginia and Charlottesville and, you know, college football has Virginia's back right now. They certainly, certainly, certainly do. Um, and, uh, I, I can't wait to see when these guys get back on the field, whether it's this Saturday or next Saturday or whenever it is. I will be tuning in to whenever Virginia gets back on the field. But, um, Micah, that's about all I got, unless you have anything else. Um, I'm watching the playoff reveal right now. If you want to transition to that. Um, but – that's all I got. Prayers up for the Wahoos, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm not watching it. I'm my normal walk spot. Um, so you can kind of fill me in. As things come in, I'm just going to wait for my phone to tell me what the top 25 was. I wasn't going to be able to make it all night uh, with how long that damn basketball game went. They got They should have learned by now. This is like the third straight year that the game that's been the We'll do it between game one and game two of this tournament for the playoff reveal has gone to overtime. Like Tom Fernelli sends it, says it's best. Um, you know, first off, also before we get into the transition of this, I want to put this out here too because I think the Cover Three podcast and I talk about them all the time. They said it best, Nick. You and I, we are not experts in politics. We are not experts in medical. We are not experts in the mental field. We are not experts in any of that. You know, at the end of the day, I'm distraught. We gave our, our thoughts, our prayers to the University of Virginia. 
But if you're listening to this and want to hear more about what should have been, what could have been, what could we have done different, how can we move forward, this is the wrong podcast, man. Like, I'm going to tell you right now, Nick, I don't want to talk about this again. Like, it's not even necessarily, like, you know, me trying to be, like, an asshole. Like, if breaking news comes out, you know, if, God forbid, something else happens in terms of if Hollins has some problems that arise, we'll, we'll say our prayers for him. But there's no point in giving the shooter any credit in terms of, you know what I mean, like, saying his name, giving him any sort of clout for what he did. There's no point in dwelling on this because, you know, I, I know it's a different scenario, but, you know, when I was at Marshall, I met a gentleman who has been to every Marshall football game. I think I may have mentioned this story on the bottom when I got back from Marshall, but I met somebody at the Marshall game who had been to every Yelm game since that plane crash. Every single one. And he told me that the best healing process is to understand... <laughs> What happened and how they laid a foundation for the future, you know, it's dark, it's fucked up, it's life. Sometimes you have to start afresh. Something has to die. A lot of times it's obviously a pun on, you know, the seasons changing and things of that nature. But sometimes someone, something has to die for something beautiful to blossom. And, you know, I just pray that those three... (laughs) can look down on heaven i mean nick i don't know if you saw the picture from the virginia vigil the yeah, other three stars. Not, three stars man like yeah. you don't have to be religious man i know i am nick i think you are too but like yeah. you don't have to be religious to just kind of go dude there's something there <laughs> so at the end of the day man like i mean my, i'm looking at the sky right now dude it's dark it's orange the sky is orange and it's pitch black outside what the hell, <laughs> you know, so there's something about it, you know, but again, I just want to say moving forward, we're not going to talk about this again, if it's something of, you know, we're telling the heroic story of Mike Collins next season for Virginia coming back on the field. Sure. This will come up a little bit, but in terms of talking about that date and everything that's happened, like this, this, the remainder of this podcast is going to be positive. It's going to be the ACC football we know and love. And we're going to even preview Virginia and Coastal a little bit. We won't go into it too deep because, A, we don't know if that game's going to be played, and, B, again, we'd just be dwelling on horrific stories. But we can always talk a little bit about what Coastal is currently in terms of their program when we talk about that game. So, you know, I just want to put that out there because, you know, again, this is not going to be the podcast where we dwell on it anymore. Because there's no point. You know, it's it's a tragedy. We must move on. We must move forward. We must be positive. So, but then, with that being said, Nick, how far are we in the ranking show? All right. So, they just revealed the 8 through 25. So, um, NC State's at 24. So, they <laughs> okay. I, knew it, I knew they would stay in. Uh, oh, NC State's at 24. You mean North um, Carolina, that quality win at the end of the season. Hey, and Clemson too, man. If if uh, well, I guess not. Yeah, never mind. Scratch that. But um, let's see. NC State's at twenty four. Florida State moved up to nineteen. Carolina moved up to thirteen. Um, Clemson moved up one to uh, nine. So they moved up to number nine. 
They are revealing one through three right now. So Georgia one, Ohio State two, Michigan three. Yeah. Nothing Got has it. changed there. I'm assuming TCU is going to be four. I don't, I don't know why they're waiting on it because nothing really should have changed. There we go. TCU four. Um, let's see. Anything else of note that I saw? Utah got moved up to 10. Um, oh Alabama was nine. How is uh, Utah higher ranked than North Carolina? Oh, whatever. Makes no sense. <laughs> whatever. I, dude, it's probably because of the ranked wins. I'm telling you. North Carolina's have a ranked win. Who's Utah's ranked win again? UCLA? USC. Or USC. Sorry. USC. Not even UCLA. USC. Yeah. Cool. That's uh, one ranked win, North Carolina. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Whatever. Tennessee is five. I'm going to assume. Uh, who Who am I missing? Who should be? Oh, not LSU. LSU was seven. I don't think they're going to move up. Who am I missing? Was Alabama eight? Alabama was eight. Yeah. And USC is going to be six. USC. Thank you. We were just talking about them. Sorry. USC, I think, is about to be six. And Dude, USC five. is the most fraudulent number six team ever, man. They really, really are. I can't wait for them to get exposed either this week in in Pasadena or next week at home. Like, honestly, man, diehard Notre Dame fan the next two weeks. I want Notre Dame. No offense, Boston College. I want Notre Dame to pummel you into the ground and then pummel USC in the ground. That way... We just have a reason to go. Quality loss, baby. We'll use the SEC logic. Quality loss. Oh, never mind. I thought they might do this. They put LSU at six. Oh, God. And they put USC at seven. Dude, that's so bad. So there why, you go. Why is – why – okay, so I understand it because Ole Miss was ranked and they're going to give them the quality Ole Miss. I bet you Ole Miss by what, like 12? Or something stupid like that. Uh, Ole Miss dropped a little bit. They were like 15, I think. But still, like, like LSU has a 34-point loss to the team right in front of them. They have a loss to a team that's behind them. And they have no wins against teams in front of them. Their best win is, what, Alabama number eight, I'm guessing, if Clemson's nine. Alabama 8, and then wherever Ole Miss was, which I think was 15. So your quality win is 8 and 15. That's it. Unless, so again, I'm going to pull up the rankings, see if I can find any. You obviously didn't give me the full 1 through 25. Um, Might take uh, a minute to load, probably, since they just revealed them. Yeah, that's what Twitter's for. Dude, I hate this Apple remote. Oh, my God. Uh, Micah, do you have Apple TV? Nope. Uber uh, TV for me. The, the remote is just terrible. So terrible. If you have an yeah, Apple so. TV, guys, please tweet at me and know my pain <laughs> with this stupid remote because I can't. I've we, we got Apple TV like a few months ago. I still can't figure out this stupid remote. Okay, there we go. Well, anyways. So looking <laughs> at the rankings, you're good. LSU's got right, two many wins. That's it. 14, Carolina's 13. Yeah, I, I just, I'm just looking at it like LSU 2-2 two two against the current top 25. It's just, I mean, I don't want to be that asshole, but Clemson's 2-1 and one against that and is behind them. <laughs> like, I know that we don't think Clemson's that great, but do we really think LSU's that good? Like, they, uh, so they struggled in Fayetteville. With a backup 
quarterback playing for Arkansas. Yeah, I I was really hoping that LSU would lose that game. I sniffed that one out. I thought that would be a trap spot for LSU. Dude, honestly, man, I think team. like I thought dude, they I thought that was it. LSU plays like that against UAB this week. They're gonna lose. They play like that against Texas A and M in two weeks. They're gonna lose. Like, and like everyone that's trying to say, oh, LSU has gotten better. Have you looked at Florida State? <laughs> the Florida State team that beat LSU in New Orleans is not the current Florida State team lining up. Like, they're a lot better now. So, dude, I, it, it is what it is at this point. Uh, I mean, Nick, like, here's the problem. Clemson truly has a path to the playoff. I know we talked about it and all this stuff. Again, I think that the North Carolina path is better. I mean, you're telling me that, like, for example, Utah plays Oregon this this week or next week? I believe it's this week. Maybe next double week. Double check, but keep talking. Double check. But, but I'll if, double check for you. If, if Utah beats Oregon, they're going to jump Clemson, dude. And then Utah has a chance to go to the Pac-12 championship and win that game. So just purely alone, they're going to be higher ranked than Clemson. Yeah, Utah ha- is at Oregon. Like, literally, excuse me, Clemson's only pass to the playoff at this point involves South Carolina beating Tennessee. In my opinion, yeah. I guess the only way they do it. Because that would bump Tennessee out. It would mean a quality win for Clemson later on. I do think that LSU will lose to Georgia, so that will obviously bump them out. I think USC is going to become a two-loss team, whether it be in the Pac-12 title, whether it be against Notre Dame. Like the remaining three games, man, they're not going three and out. That's pretty yeah, much where I'm going to with that. So that drops all of them. But dude, what makes you think that they won't keep Alabama up in front of them? Like. Because the only way that Clemson will, like, bump in front of those teams that won't play for a conference championship is because they won't play for a conference championship. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that that can save... But if Clemson wins, they're going to pass them. That's right. I mean, the only thing that's going to save Clemson, too, like, that's the thing, Ohio State and Michigan, that's not an elimination game. I mean, it is for the Big Ten East title and a chance to play in Indianapolis, but, you know, that's not – I mean, now if Michigan loses by 40 in Columbus, then there's an argument for them to fall out of the top four. And, like, I mean, TCU, yes, still has Baylor and – who else do they have that's good? It's Baylor and somebody else, but it is Uh, Texas Tech. Iowa State. Iowa State, who's always a sleepy little team you don't want to screw around with. But like, and then probably Kansas State in Arlington for the Big 12 championship. But, I mean, and if TCU wins the Big 12, man, with one loss, they probably are in over Clemson, to be honest. So it's just, I don't know, man. Like, at this point, especially after what happened the last couple of days, man, I'm just wanting to enjoy the games at this point. So I'm not even going to try to get that angry about it. The rankings this week make sense based off what happened from last week. I mean, you're going to push LSU up over USC because 
LSU beating Ole Miss, or excuse me, Alabama beating Ole Miss, and LSU, I guess, struggling with Arkansas. Yeah, actually, that makes no sense. Not anyway, how would LSU jump? Eh, whatever. Anyways, not going to go there. It's not worth it, because like he said, there's a lot of parody still left to happen. I mean, this year keeps throwing some, in my case, really shitty curveballs, but you know, it, it throws curveballs every single week, so wouldn't be surprised if we get a couple big ones with some on-field results next week and even the week after. So, like when ETSU goes into Starkville, knocks off Mississippi State to ruin that quality SEC win for everybody. You're welcome, college football world. No, but, um, yeah. That's all I've got on the rankings. I mean, I'm kind of ready to try to talk these games we've been recording for about 40 minutes now so obviously give these games their due diligence yeah i'm ready when you are man let's let's talk some uh let's talk some acc football this week Florida state's gonna kill louisiana the only way they don't is if they're looking ahead to florida but this is not the louisiana team that is was coached by billy napier they are very average in this unbelt. App State is better than them. Georgia Southern is better than them. You know, there's a lot of teams, honestly, in my opinion, that are better than them. Well, I guess technically Louisiana is better than them because I think they beat Georgia Southern this past week. But they're not better than Troy. They're not better than Southern Miss. They're not better than Southern Alabama. Hell, they lost to Monroe and Rice. So, <laughs> um, Florida State should roll them. Uh, it was 24-point spread. I'll say Louisiana covers, like, a backdoor. Like, Florida State wins, like, 35-14 to 14 or something. I mean, you know they're going to take starters out, foot off the gas a little bit, uh, and save it for the big game against the Gators next week on Black Friday. So, give me the Knowles to, to, to beat them by at least three score, two to three scores. But I'll, I'll say Louisiana covers just to be safe. Yeah, I think, dude, Florida State has quietly, quietly, I think, been the best team in the ACC this year. Everyone kind of threw them, you know, to the Wolves when they lost to Wake, and then they lost to NC State, and then, you know, they they almost came back against Clemson, but, you know, they, they couldn't get the job done. And then slowly they start building back. They're now number 19 in the country. Um, Florida State, man, they're back. They should do what every Power 5 team should do to an inferior opponent at home, and that's to wipe the floor with them. Um, I think Florida State will do that. I think they're well-coached enough to do that now. They're more talented to do that now. This is another statement win for Florida State. I know it's just Louisiana, but you get the wins wherever you can. You Assert your dominance whenever you can. I think this is a great spot to do it uh, before rivalry week. Um, And that is going to be a great collision course, Florida, Florida State. I can't wait for that game uh, Friday night. But, yeah, uh, I got Florida State. They should roll. I'm very excited for this. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, the sky is not. So I'm starting to wonder if we're like in a nuclear warfare zone right now, Nick, and I'm about to die. But if I die, I apologize in advance. But the sky is not purple, which is very strange. 
Um, anyways, um, we move on to noon in Lynchburg, Virginia Tech, once again, heading on the road to a smaller, I guess you could say G5 team. Obviously, Liberty is independent for now until next year when they join the Conference USA. But independent Liberty uh, saw a crowd at Williams Stadium there in Lynchburg. Um, the atmosphere is going to be great. It's obviously going to be a little more solemn because both schools have really rallied behind Virginia. So shout out to both rival of Virginia Tech and, of course, you know, not really rival, but in-state foe Liberty for the support of the Hoos at this time. But, I mean, Virginia Tech, man, is a nine-and-a-half-point dog to Liberty. Like, I bet you when Virginia Tech scheduled that game, they were like, We'll probably be nine and a half point favorites, and the only reason why it's nine and a half because it'll be that trap game spot, so they'll be giving the better some money and a reason to hammer Liberty. Like, dude, Liberty's gonna house them. Like, people are like, oh yeah, well, Liberty just lost to UConn. Dude, UConn might be better than Virginia Tech. <laughs> like, straight up, they might be better. Him more um, coach of the year. Facts. Like, Liberty, and I honestly think that part of the reason why Liberty lost to UConn was they were looking ahead, man. You can't tell me that when, if you're a Liberty football player and you see your remaining three games are at UConn, at home against Virginia Tech, and at home against New Mexico State, you're not just like, ah, screw it, all we care about is Liberty, or all we care about is Tech. Like, if you're Liberty, you assume you can just roll out and beat UConn and New Mexico State. And they can definitely just roll out and beat New Mexico State, but this UConn team is different. And they wanted it more. And I just think, man, Virginia Tech's a... <laughs> I don't want to use that term because I made that term about Virginia and now it just seems really fucked up looking back on it. But, like, you know, Virginia Tech is, is sleepwalking. You know, like, they just... They don't look like they have a lot of energy. They don't look like they have a lot of life. Talent-wise, they're probably better than Liberty in terms of the pieces on the field. But, I mean, and I, and I do think that... Even though it's not their program, I do think there's a rattle to what happened in Charlottesville. To I mean, probably both schools, but especially Virginia Tech, man. Like, I'll give Virginia Tech a lot of credit. They've really rallied behind Virginia on this. I mean, Brent Pry's been in the forefront of really trying to stress how important this is, that <laughs> this rivalry does not matter in times like this, and it shouldn't. I mean... I wasn't in Virginia when Virginia Tech had their unfortunate incident on campus with the school shooting, you know, but I, I, all I've heard and seen is how Virginia rallied behind them because at the end of the day, that rivalry does not fucking matter in times like this. So, you know, I'm just intrigued to see what this game means because obviously I was at Virginia Tech Old Dominion to kick off the year and watching Old Dominion win that game, who, by the way, is not a very good football team. Um, they're going to miss a bowl game this year. Uh, was just it was just intriguing to see how you know, Virginia Tech has found ways to collapse a lot. Wouldn't be shocked if this game is close early, but I mean, I, I'm gonna say Virginia Tech will cover. Like I don't know if Liberty's gonna win by two scores. That's a little optimistic, but I think Liberty wins by a touchdown. Yeah, I mean. I agree with you. I think they had a look-ahead spot. They really didn't take UConn seriously, even though I think Jim Mora had completely flipped the switch in that program and how impressive uh, that that situation has been for him is 
undoubtedly, uh, undoubtedly the most impressive thing in college football this year. UConn was a dead, dead, dead program. He comes in, gets all the transfers. Um, you, when you look at UConn's schedule, three of their losses are to Syracuse, Michigan, and NC State, all teams that have been in the top 25, one of them in the playoff, one top 10 this year. Um, so you can forgive that. And they had a bad loss to Ball State. I mean, UConn has been a very impressive team. The fact that they are bowl eligible with still two weeks left to play, with still winnable games in front of them. I mean, we could be talking to, holy crap, are we talking a seven and five team by the end of all this? I don't know. Um, but anyway, I think it was a look ahead game for Liberty and. I, I think they come out in rural Virginia Tech. Like, they're up, ready. They know that they blew that game against UConn. Um, Virginia Tech, they're just bleh. It's just bleh right now. They're they're kind of on that reset that I said for Georgia Tech uh, last podcast. So, I think Virginia Tech wins this. Or, I'm sorry, I think Liberty wins this game. All right. We move on to a beautiful – Noon kickoff where goes to Pitt. Pitt is a seven and a half point favorite. Man, give me Duke. Like, I think Pitt, this number is high. It makes sense that Pitt's the favorite. A touchdown and a, and a, and a, and a hook seems a little optimistic for me. Um, I mean, Let's just be frank. Like Virginia spotted them a fourteen nothing lead thirty seconds into the game last week. Um, so I don't know how much stock I'm going to put into Pitt. Duke also housed Virginia, so it's not like you know one team housed Virginia and the other didn't. Um, you know, I just think Duke's honestly the second best team in the coastal. Like oh, without a doubt. Like and this is this is for the second best team in the coastal, is what this is. This is honestly this the winner of this game is probably looking at like the Duke's Mayo Bowl, um, if the Atlantic doesn't fill it. But you know, or it, it'll be the most attractive option for an AC Coastal team not named North Carolina. Let's just put it that way for the Bulls. So, um, but yeah, I'm gonna roll with Duke. Like. You know, maybe it's underdog Saturday. I don't know. So far, I've picked the favorites to not cover. but So I picked every underdog to cover, but I haven't picked an underdog to win outright yet. But, yeah, I just I, – I think the better quarterback's on Duke's sideline. So it might be a hot take. I think the better coach is on Duke's sideline. And I just think that there's just a an aspect to all of this that, again, I'm, I'm just going to rock with Duke here. I'm rocking with Duke too. Um, man, Mike Elko, uh, Riley Leonard, like what a great duo they have been. The head coach and quarterback. I mean, Duke Duke is rolling, um, and it's impressive how they are seven and three, and they still have two games left. Like they they legit can go nine and three under the first year of Mike Elko. They could legit get ten wins depending on their bowl matchup. 
exactly. Like, who would have thought? Like, we would have thought that, okay, Duke, you get five wins out of this schedule with Mike Elko. Like, that's impressive. First-year head coach, you get five wins. That's amazing. They they could double that. They could double five wins in the first year. They're on pace to double their win total. It's three and a half. Actually, I think it was three and a half. They already doubled it. <laughs> they already doubled Yeah, I know. I was getting ready to say that, too. Like, everything is riding for Duke right now. And I think, like, uh, they they are so close to even, be, even being more impressive, Micah. Like, again, their three losses are a combined 12 points. 12 points. Like, they if, – if the ref – didn't blow that call against North Carolina. We're talking about Duke right now going to the ACC championship game. That is what we're talking about. We're talking about Duke going to the ACC championship game. And they would just need to get this win. I think this week, if that were to happen, Well, if the ref doesn't, if the ref doesn't have a costly kind of bullshit call against them against Georgia tech, they're nine and one. (laughs) I know. And you know, who knows if that Kansas game is at Wallace Wade stadium, the, that score could be flipped. Um, it's crazy. Um, Duke is riding, man. They, they've had three impressive wins, um, two of them on the road since the heartbreak loss against Carolina. Give me Duke, man. This is the, They have been so fun. They've been a great story in the ACC. For sure. All right, we move on to 230. Notre Dame is a 21-point favorite over Boston College. Give me the Irish to cover that. Um, I don't think BC's very good. Um, no disrespect, Nick, but I think that NC State lost that game, not BC winning it. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think Notre Dame is also out to make a statement. Like The way that season started, those guys love their head coach and Marcus Freeman. And they realize, like, what another loss especially would do to that, that, that moniker. Because no matter what Notre Dame has done with their wins over Clemson and North Carolina, they have losses to Stanford, Boston College, who are two of arguably the worst, probably, what, bottom 10 Power 5 teams in college football. You know, like, that's going to really hurt the brand. And obviously you throw in... Marshall, who, yes, is 6-4 and four in the Sun Belt, but this isn't some world beater in Marshall. So, they really need... It is a look-ahead spot, but I think I think I talked about it, you know, when we recapped Boston College and NCC. I think Boston College had probably one win left in the tank going into last week. I thought it was going to be more against Syracuse. <laughs> I, I just don't think that, like... You know, Boston College, again, is trotting out defensive linemen to block. And uh, Notre Dame is not the team to do that against. <laughs> so, give me the Irish to cover. <laughs> give me, like, 27 to, to 3 or something, like, just kind of boring-ass score. Ooh, I like that. I think I might ride with you on that. Something – I'll give BC a touchdown, you know, Pull the starters. BC scores twenty-eight-seven. It Brit. It just a. It's just a bust at twenty-one flat. <laughs> yeah, love it. Love it. Um, I'm with you there. Look, Boston College, like they're they're not good, and 
I, I saw that offense. And as much as I brag about how good NC State's defense is, there are points where they break. There are points. It happened against Virginia Tech. And, you know, a couple big plays, BC's in the game. Um, but I don't think Notre Dame's going to let that happen. Uh, Marcus Freeman's got them rolling. It was a rough start, but they're rolling. I agree with you. Give me Notre Dame. I, I really don't really – I mean, I I would be shocked if Boston College won two against two ranked teams in a row. Like, that would be impressive. Uh, but give me Notre Dame. I really don't have much else. Like, the – the NC State game was Boston College, or I'm, I'm sorry, was NC State losing that game, not Boston College winning. Absolutely. All right, perfect. All right, so we move on to the 3.30 game, which, what it should have been, what we thought could have been, a preview of the ACC Championship game two weeks early in, well, I almost said Greenville, South Carolina, but in Clemson, South Carolina, is now just a, can Miami find another win to go bowling? It's not happening this week, right? <laughs> I mean, Miami sure just shocked the Georgia Tech team that currently is lifeless because Zach Gibson's their quarterback. We'll get to the Georgia Tech preview in a minute, but uh, players to Georgia Tech's fan base because they're going to want to punch a hole in a wall this weekend. Um, they've done it already twice this year with the Virginia game and the uh, Miami game, but it's, I mean, I don't think Clemson's that great. I think that Clemson has some value to, to just, again, be a brand in Miami, no matter what people think of Miami, houses them, the Canadian's going to give them more credit than they probably should, so I think that's going to be a big part of it. And I mean, I know again, what happened with Virginia, but with the ties, that Dabo has, I know that that program, the guys that love Tony Elliott, for him, I just think that this is the type of team that this, if there's a team to do a beatdown this weekend, I mean, what I would say it'd be in, for this Virginia program, it's them. I mean, this is a program with Clemson that's all family and brotherhood. I mean, Dabo Sweeney will never go outside, it seems like, outside of his own family to, to find a new coach or anything, you know, I think that there's going to be an option to just to, just to play well, to give, because you, no matter what, you know, Tony Elliott cheers for the program still. He wants him to succeed. He loves that program. So any way that Clemson can honor him and what he's fighting with his own demons just happened with the ball team, I think it does play a little bit of a role. Like, I think... It's like Clemson's the better team. They need to roll with somebody. They need to, to make a statement for the college football playoff committee and the rankings. And there's a just extra motivation to do so. So give me Clemson. They are minus 19. Screw it. They'll cover. Give me 35-14. Yeah. You know. Give me Clemson. I mean, I, I, I wanted this game to be so big. I really did. I thought this was going to be a huge, huge game for the ACC, especially because it was so 
this game is so late in the year. It's the second to last week of college football. And we're thinking like, oh my God, preview the ACC championship. Um, Definitely both going to be in the top 25, maybe playoff hopes on the line right here. Like so big. Nope. Not at all. Clemson coming in at nine, still kind of underwhelming Clemson uh, and Miami. Holy crap. Like they're fighting for bowl eligibility. Um, I think if you're Clemson, you just got to put your head down, head down. I'm sorry. And just, Take care of business. You know, you can't really pay attention to the playoff picture at the moment. You still got to play the games ahead of you. You moved up one spot, which is good. It's another improvement, another step closer to the top four. If you just keep your head down, keep winning, you'll be fine. So I think Clemson will roll. Um, they're, they're on a mission. They're, their backs are against the wall. And I think the best of Clemson can come out in these last two weeks for sure. So – I think we'll see uh, good things from the Tigers uh, this Saturday. Yeah. Perfect. All right. We move on to what I would, what I would deem the game of the week, Nick, uh, your NC state Wolfpack head to Louisville, Louisville, a four point favorite in this three thirty kickoff. <sighs> Give me NC state. Now, Nick, you can, you can tell me better. I feel like, there is the argument of the look-ahead for Carolina, but for God's sakes, if this team looks ahead to North Carolina after what just happened this past weekend, maybe maybe, maybe the seat under Dave Dorn's butt's got to get lit up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but that team should be pissed off. I think they're better than Louisville. I think Louisville's a very good football team. I think playing at Louisville garners two to three points into the spread. But, I mean, NC State... Still has the likelihood, the possibility of 10 wins, man. They do. And I think this program knows that. I think these guys know that. I think that there's some question marks around Louisville right now. I mean, let's, I'm, I'm going to be frank. Like, I went back and watched, like, the condensed game of that Clemson game. They weren't dominated by Clemson, but it was never close. Like, it never felt like it was that competitive a football game. And I think there's some value into that. I think that teams with more talent should be able to control the line of scrimmage, should be able to move the ball successfully. Um, I think NC State's defense can do a great job of bottling up Malik Cunningham, as well as, if I'm not mistaken, do we know the status of Cunningham yet? I heard that he is today, right now. Yeah, so so he's not even going to be a fully healthy Malik Cunningham. I do think that the backup, whose name I'm, of course, now drawing a blank on, so I want to make sure I get it correctly because he deserves credit in the shout-out. Uh, yeah, Brock Doman, Doman, I hope I'm saying that last name correctly. If not, it's Doman. But Brock Doman, like, sure, he beat Virginia. He played competitively against Clemson. But I don't think he's better than MJ Morris. Uh, and I think that when it comes down to it, like, this is an NC State team that defensively, especially if it is Brock at quarterback, can really make his life living hell, A. But B, if it's a 70% Malik Cunningham, I think, I think they will do enough to make him try to beat, beat you in the air, and I just don't think he can do it. Uh, maybe he, he has a Virginia Tech-type quarter where he hits a deep threat or two, a deep bomb or two, but like, even to pack the cover, it'll be close. It'll be... It'll be this will be the best game, in my opinion. I don't, I don't see many games 
topping this one this weekend. Um, but yeah, give, give me the give me the pack to go into a pretty hostile environment in Louisville and uh, get the job done. Oh man, dude, I'm I'm nervous about this game. Not only are there rumors about uh, Cunningham being out, but all over NC State Twitter, there's rumors that MJ might not play either. What's wrong with MJ? Uh, there, something wrong with his ankle, maybe. I saw a play during the Boston College game where it looked like where the injury might have occurred, but he played the whole game. Um, people were freaking out all over NC State Twitter that – He's out. Like, what's going on? Uh, it it started on a UNC message board, and then rumors started spreading around. And then the depth chart came out this uh, today for Saturday's game, and MJ's listed as the starter. I said, "All right, like, let's not freak out here. He's listed on the roster." And then everyone kept saying, "Well, Devin was listed as the starter against Syracuse, and look what just happened." So I I don't know what to believe. Um, but I mean, Devin, but Devin Leary did start in that game though. Like, <laughs> Derek, got, yeah, didn't he get hurt in the first quarter of that game? No, that was Florida State. You sure about that? I'm a hundred percent sure about that. Hold on, I'm going back right now. He got hurt in the third exactly. quarter against Florida State. Oh, yeah, I guess I thought he. For some odd reason, I thought he played. I guess I'm just thinking about Chambers at this point, Jack Chambers, and thinking that he was Devin Leary when obviously he's not. So, my apologies. For some reason, I thought Devin Leary may have played in that game. But, okay. Anyways, continue. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um, yeah, so I don't know what to believe. I hope MJ is okay because we will lose this game if he's not our quarterback. You sure? Um, you have no faith in Jack Chambers? Um... If he can run better than he can throw, then I think I think like, like, like I don't like I don't think Jack Chamber like first of all I don't think if you win this game it's because of your quarterback, I think it's because of your defense, and and, I, and and like no disrespect to MJ Morris, but I don't think it's a drastic drop off from MJ Morris to Jack Chambers. I think like, it's a I think it's a drop off. It is, but I don't think it, like it's not Zach Piron. Hopefully, I'm saying his great name correctly. You know, it's not Piron at, at Georgia Tech to Zach Gibson. Like, it's not like you're going from, you know, a Power 5 backup to a FCS backup. You know, like, I, I don't think – I think Jack Chambers could win you this game, especially if Malik Cunningham is hurt. Like, again, I, I think that the defense is the reason you win this game if you do. So, I, I wouldn't – again, I definitely would be more confident in my pick with MJ Morris, but – I wouldn't rule it out with Jack Chambers. Yeah, I mean, thank God that our defense has stayed healthy. Like, I knock on wood every week that everyone has stayed healthy, and it's actually impressive how that's happened. Um, It's going to be close. I like to see my pack bounce back from this loss. I think, look, listen. If MJ's healthy and Tim Beck doesn't fuck things up again, I think we should beat this team. We did it like like we did this against Wake. We looked great against Wake Forest. 
we held back against Boston College after halftime, which I don't even know why. That's not what great teams do. Um, I think if everything goes right, NC State will win this game. Um, we were we weren't we were the underdogs against Wake, and we won. I'm hoping we win this game. Uh, I think we can get it done. I think it's back week for NC State. I don't think. I really don't think they're looking ahead to North Carolina right now. I really don't like Louisville is a lot to handle at the moment with, with or without um, Malik Cunningham. So give me the pack very cautiously. Give me the pack. As long as everything goes to plan and the guys are pissed off, I think they can win this game. And Mike, I, I just got to say something real quick. I'm happy that you let me talk rant a little bit about NC State. But I got I ha, I have to rant about the NC State fans. I I really do. <laughs> I mean, god damn, dude, like I don't mean to use that, but like holy shit. Dude, they you would think are you, just... you would think that your team I'll let you continue, but I just want to add my quick note. You would think that your team is missing a fucking bowl game right now. I know, like, my God, they are, they act, they are acting like it's the norm that we get 10 wins every year, that we go to a New Year's Six Bowl every year. What are you guys talking about? This is the closest we have gotten since Phillip Rivers. And before that, what, you want to go back to Lou Holtz in the 70s? Like... What are we talking about here? Why do you want – like, I put out a poll uh, 12 hours ago, straight up just saying, do you want Dave Dorn fired, yes or no, and explain why. So 74% say no, 25, 20, 26% say yes. But that 26%, oh, my God, they are loud. They are loud in the mentions. I just – I don't understand what – it's obviously not Dave's fault, and a lot of people are admitting that, that it's not Dave's fault, that this is Tim Beck's fault right now. How we didn't use uh, Jack, or I'm sorry, MJ during the Syracuse game, and how we kind of let up on Clemson, and how we blew this game against Boston College. But who do you think we're going to get? Do you think we're going to get Dan Mullen? Do you think we're going to get Deion Sanders? Do you think we're going to get Urban Meyer? None of that is going to happen. Look what you, you want Scott to Scott Frost down. to NC State, baby. Scott Frost to NC State. Scott Frost. <laughs> oh, God. Um, in the 10 years, what Dave Dorn has built, almost 10 years, you want to tear all that down? We have an indoor practice facility that's state of the art. We are getting a brand new scoreboard that's going to be the top 10 largest in college football. The recruits are getting better and better and better every year. We, you people keep talking about what has he done in 10 years? Dude, what has he done to get fired? I get it. It's a bad loss. It's a horrible loss to Boston College. This is the worst loss that Dave Dorn has had. But look what has, it's not significant what he has done in the 10 years. You know, we haven't made a New Year's Six, but we haven't gone to the ACC championship yet. But I'm telling you, it's going to happen under him. He's built so much and more still to come. In the 10 years here, I'll tell you what's happened in the last 10 years. 
We've won five out of the six games uh, against Florida State. We have finally gotten over the Clemson hump, which I, hot take. Here's my hot take for next year. We're beating Clemson next year. I can feel it. We're beating Clemson next year. Um, since Dave Clawson has taken over Wake Forest, we still have a winning record over them. Dave is Dave Doran is five and four against Carolina, our in-state another in-state rival. We are we've won three out of the last four against Louisville. We broke the losing streak against Virginia Tech. What more do you, I know you want more, but it's going to take time. And we had an unfortunate injury to the ACC preseason player of the year. Like, can you guys get over yourselves? You act like we are Alabama, who is about to go six and six under Nick Saban. What are we talking about? This is the closest and the best, most consistent NC State era that we've had. We've had one bump in the road in the year that uh, Dave Dorn has been here. And that was 2019 when we had a list full of injuries. Uh, freshmen and sophomores were our entire starting lineup because everyone else went to the NFL. And I don't even count his first year because his first year was like, you know, he went 0-8 in the conference. His first year, you, you could just throw that out the window. He has improved every single year. And I get it. He has a losing record in the ACC. But holy crap, those first two years were not good seasons. And 2019, we like I just said, full of injuries. Everybody's gone. We had to rebuild. Now we're at the point in NC State football under Dave Doran where it's not rebuild, it's reload. We have the guys to reload and be consistently good and compete for ACC championships. So- I mean, we, just have to, we just have to address, like, too, like the difficulty of this job. I mean, I'm not going to Nick. I mean, we're both, when we think about the grand schemes of college football, we're young compared to knowing everything, right? But, you know, we're, we're both, we have Carolina roots, you know, tied. This is the best, the Carolinas, North and South, that they've ever experienced in college football the last five years. I mean, again, you talked about Wake Forest being so successful in Dave Paulson, the best era of Wake Forest football. This may not be the best era of Duke football because they were making Rose Bowls in the 40s, but this is the best Duke has been in a very long time. And they have had some down years, but they've still been competitive. App State is an FBS program who is able to steal what I would argue was a lot of what NC State used to dominate in terms of these hard-nosed, blue-collar players who wanted to play Division One ball and get developed. Some of those kids go to App now because... They can see the field a little bit faster. And App State is a great place to play ball, no matter how much we want to pretend like it's not. ECU has invested more in football than they ever have before. North Carolina has invested in football more than it ever has before. They have a legendary coach who's won a national title, who's arguably the greatest coach in North Carolina history, who came back, who had a five-star quarterback who committed to their school because of family legacy. Like... At some point, like, you have to, again, Clemson is the most dominant it has ever been. And that's what he's competing with every single year. Like, give the man, again, yes, you should want more. It's a good, like, you should appreciate the fact that your expectations are so high. But for goodness sakes, man, like, y'all act like you guys have had 
you know, what I've had at Virginia, which was 6-6, six and six, is a good year for us every year. I'll trade you, NC State fans. Sure, we've been to an Orange Bowl, but let's also just call apples and oranges, no pun intended. The only reason why we went to the Orange Bowl is because we were in the Coastal. <laughs> so, you know, it's, again, yeah, I, I agree with you, Nick. They just need to, they need to chill out a little bit. Yeah, they, they, they do. And I love this fan base. This fan base is passionate. I know everyone wants to be at the top. I know it's taking a while, but, man, dude, just I, I hate saying give it time, but we are almost there. I'm telling you, that Clemson win last year did so much for this program that we shouldn't have to wait to another 10 years to beat Clemson. Like, I'm telling you. I feel really good about playing Clemson next year with the guys that we got coming up and the level, the playing field is leveling out more and more as Dave Doran uh, is still in this program. So give it just a little bit more time because the grass isn't always greener. You want to take a risk and possibly go three and nine again. I don't want that. Dave, is NC State. Dave loves this program. He Dude, fights for his guys. He fights for this team. He fought for us last year against the NCAA. We have a great AD who fights for us. This isn't your old NC State anymore. We're coming. Like, mark my words, we're coming. And, and, and in the clip that, um, God, we're all wearing socks here. At least I hope you are, Nick. <laughs> um, but anyways, like, you know, especially in the in the what's going to be two years, three years, five years, however long it takes to get the new college football playoff format. If I'm an NC State fan, Dave Doran's the guy I want leading us into that charge because you know that his floor is probably six and six. So at the bare minimum, you know that you're competing for that ACC spot. Like this year, Nick. Like let's be real, you don't lose the Boston College. Or like if. If the college football playoff is expanded this year, I don't think you lose the Boston College to begin with. I think there's more just, you know, sense of urgency than there currently is. You know what I mean? Because they've been eliminated from the Atlantic. So they knew the New Year's Six was, well, not gone, but very slim. <laughs> Where if you know that, like, if you're in the top 12, you're probably making the college football playoff. Like, they were knocking on that door. You know, like, that's all you can ask for. Like, like with the expanded playoff, Nick, I expect a Dave Doran NC State team to make the playoff. They don't even have to beat Clemson to do it. Yeah. Like, and especially in the era where we could be approaching, I mean, obviously Clemson seems to be taking a step back, but who knows? We could be com coming to an era where Clemson and Florida State are top ten teams every year again. And Dave Doran's the type of guy that's going to keep you in that hunt. Sure, there might be some coaches that show enough promise to give you that one flash of glory where you're the eight seed and you get to host the first round game or quarterfinal game or whatever term we're going to use for the playoff. But then you're going to have some years of disappointment where Dave Doran will keep you in that conversation every single year where you're going to be going into the halfway point of the year going, hmm, can we do it? And at the end of the day, I mean, again, talking to a Virginia fan who has lower expectations for his team, I would trade for that any day of the week. 
Well, I think Dave Dorn is – he is a Bill Snyder. He is a – he is oh, a uh, – he's a Frank Beamer. He is a guy that is investing in a program that will do whatever he can to get us to the top. And with the era of college football changing – with the playoff expansions, with NIL deals, with the transfer portal, think good things are yet to come for NC State football. So, Micah, thank you for letting me rant on that. I know we got three more games to get to, but I just had to say that because that 24% of fans who want Dave out, they were very, very, very loud. Um, so, and shout out Kevin Keats. That's 3-0 and for the pack. Yeah. All right, we move forward to what may happen. Virginia versus Coastal Carolina. 3.30. Virginia is a two-point favorite. This opened at four and a half. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to talk about can be, could be, is missing for Virginia. I mean, we're talking about pieces on the starting lineup that are out on the depth chart. And shout actually, you know what, no shout out, but there was an asshole on Twitter that was like, oh, I'm hammering Coastal because they're going to be with their wide receiver room is going to be really empty. Fuck off. But Coastal is without Grayson McCall. That is why this line is what it is. Um, you know, I will say if this game gets played, I'm picking Virginia. No realistic, no reason besides just, again, I believe in a high. I mean, Marshall won their first game back. After the tragic accident they had happened, they shocked the world against Xavier. And that was one of the cooler things I got. I don't know if I told you this story, Nick, but when I was at Marshall, um, obviously where they play now is not where they played played previously. is about a mile away. So at Marshall, you can actually come and go. You can get your tickets stamped, but I had a media credential, so it's a little bit easier for me. So instead of watching the band, with respect to the band, I just don't really care about halftime shows like that. I walked to the old side of the old stadium where they won that game. You go about another half a mile south. Unfortunately, COVID kind of ended the true value of this, but the scoreboard from that stadium is in the parking lot of a local bar who bought it when the stadium was demolished. It used to light up with the score of the game from that game on it. Unfortunately, when COVID happened, that business really went into the toilet, and it sounds like they keep that scoreboard functional, um, but got to see the old scoreboard you know from that game and I mean there were signatures on the base stories again I got to see the plane crash site like there's value in that like I'm telling you if Virginia doesn't play a game this season and they open the season against Tennessee next year give me the who's there's going to be something supernatural we'll just put it that way whatever happens the next time the who's take the field but Again, this game may happen, may not. I'll let the players, coaches, those that, that have, who, who matter in this situation, make that decision. I respect all the Coastal Carolina fans, coaches, administrators that are all on board for whatever Virginia needs to do. Same thing with Virginia Tech, obviously, for next week. But um, this spread is what it was and is because Grayson McCall out. Um, they do have... They do like to use a two-quarterback system. Um, I want to make sure I get his name correct before I mispronounce. Keep that with me for one second. I get his name correct. 
for. Yeah, so Bryce Carpenter, um, he is not a passing quarterback. Uh, I, it, they ran they ran a lot of wildcat set with him with Grayson McCall. Um, he's a fantastic runner, um, but he does not throw the ball a lot. He's only thrown it five times this year. Uh, Jarrett Guest has filled in some garbage time for Grayson McCall, and well. Let's just put it this way. He's 9 of 20 with three interceptions and no touchdowns. So um, that's why this line is what it is, just because you factor in, you know, the injury to Grayson McCall. I think this Virginia defense is obviously a phenomenal unit. Um, And so if this game gets played and realistic just matchups, Virginia has more talent at this point with the great Grayson McCall being sidelined. Um, and again, if they do play this game, I, I, I don't know how Virginia will prep at all for this game for Coastal, but I'm also going to be very frank, like, a lot of people are like, why would Virginia want to play that if they can't prepare? Do we really think Coastal's going to prepare a ton for Virginia? And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, like, as in, like, they're going to let Virginia win or something of that nature. I just mean that, like, they don't know if this game's going to be played. They have... Another conference game coming up to end the season. You know, they've got to be hurting and and feeling for Virginia at this point, too. Like, you know, it's not the same analogy, Nick, but I don't know if you've ever felt this before. But, like, you know that impending feeling that you're going to get a snow day, but you just don't know if you're going to get a snow day or not? So then you're just distracted the whole time. This is obviously ten times that magnitude, so I'm not sure what happened to a snow day. But it's that same type of mindset where what's happening is happening elsewhere, but it affects you and Nick, are you still there? Yeah, I can hear you. Nick. Okay, cool. Sorry, I had a friend call me. I didn't know if it dropped our our pot or not. But um, yeah, so again, at the end of the day, if this game gets played. I think Virginia does win, but I mean, this game has so many what ifs, and you know it, it is disappointing as a, a fan of college football. You know that I, as much as it would have made the matchup harder for Virginia, I was looking forward to seeing Grayson McCall go against this Virginia defense. So uh, that's why the line is what it is. Where Virginia was favored, it was because of Grayson McCall being out. Gotcha. Well. Um, I think if this game is played, I think Virginia gets the win right here. Um, it's just, I, I don't know. It's a gut feeling. And I think it's kind of fate of what happened. If it, 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 it would be, again, I don't blame the guys if they don't want to play. It makes a complete a hundred percent sense. You shouldn't shame these guys for not wanting to play, but if they do, I also get why they would want to, like I said earlier, when we started off tonight, um, I also get why they would want to. Um, no logistics, no nothing. Grace, I mean, Grayson McCall being out is huge. If if this game is played, um, I think it's just written in the stars that Virginia is going to win this game. I have those stats, no gut feelings, no nothing. I just feel like it's kind of written in the stars for Virginia to win this game if they play Saturday. Yep. All right, we move on. UNC is a 21-point favorite over Georgia Tech. Dude, they're going to beat them by 40. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like, Zach Gibson's a quarterback. Like, arguably one of the worst quarterbacks in college football against the best quarterback in college football. Um, I don't care if it's a look-ahead spot for NC State, or, you know, in terms of, like, they're looking ahead to NC State. Obviously, I'm not confusing the two schools, so fan bases don't try to cancel me here. But, you know, I don't care. Um, this game could be 42 nothing at halftime. That Gibson might have thrown two picks. Like, North Carolina's defense is going to look good this week. Like this, this could be, honestly, one of the best-case scenarios if you're an NC State fan, man. <laughs> Like, I mean, obviously you have a tough game against Louisville, so that's going to wear you out. But, I mean, North Carolina is going to get a, a serious boost to the ego. Hell, dude, if they beat Georgia Tech by, like, let's say five or six scores, you can't tell me the college football playoff committee is not going to go, hmm, this is like a maybe top 11 team. So they're just going to jump them for beating the brakes off of a sleepwalking team at this point. I mean... This Georgia Tech team is is bad, <laughs> bad, bad. Like, if Georgia Tech was lining up against Virginia Tech this week, I'd take the Hokies. I'd take them to probably win by a score, like by two scores. Like, this Georgia Tech team is this Georgia Tech team lining up this weekend with Zach Gibson at quarterback is worst is the worst top five team in college football. Like, they're better than Colorado. Like Colorado is better. Vandy's better. Whoever you would say the worst Big 12 team is is better. <laughs> I don't really think it's that bad of a Big 12 team, to be honest. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is this is not go- this is not going to bode well for for Georgia Tech. So give me the heels to cover 21. Heck, find me an alt spread where I can double it by 42 and get you know triple my money, and I'll, I'd honestly consider hammering that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I don't think North Carolina is going to look ahead. Um, now, granted, you know, I would compare this to the NC State Boston College game last last week. Uh, could be a team that you just don't know that's coming. You know, I know I get Georgia Tech's missing a lot of pieces, but hell, Boston College was missing basically their whole O line. And Have you seen Zach Gibson throw a football? His first drive against Miami, he throws a 99-yard pick six. He couldn't complete a pass more than 12 yards against Virginia. This is like, at least Boston College had receivers and quarterbacks. <laughs> like, this is, dude, this is not going to be. And, like, Nick, and, and, and Nick, Nick, I don't want to disrespect you, but NC State doesn't have Tim Beck as their offensive coordinator, so they ain't going to call off the dogs when they're ahead. Yeah, and their defense may struggle, but that's all the more of a reason for Phil Longo. Like this could be one of those games, dude, where it's like seventy to twenty. Jeez. <laughs> like we're like North Carolina just continues to pump. Like like it's it's twenty one nothing, right? And then because North Carolina's defense is North Carolina's defense, George Tech scores a touchdown, and Phil Longo's like, screw it, <laughs> let's make it thirty five to seven. And Georgia Tech scores again. I'd say it's a field goal, 35-10. Ah, uh, this is not – don't like it, 49-10. You know, it's going to be one of those. Like, there's not – and, like, North Carolina wants Drake May to win the Heisman. What better way to pad your numbers than to do what C.J. Stroud should have done against Northwestern and just put up unrealistic video game numbers? So, 
and just screams. Like, because he's not going to be able to do it against NC State. He's just not. Like, he might be able to win the game against NC State, but I don't expect Drake May to drop 500 yards of total offense against NC State. <laughs> so yeah. If he wants to have a real conversation of not only going to New York, but winning it, he needs that big game at the end of the year, and this is just perfect for it. Yeah, I mean, there should be no reason why Carolina doesn't punt, uh, blow the, the doors off Georgia Tech. Um, frankly, I think they're still a little bit pissed off about what happened last year, too. So, not a look-ahead spot. I think North Carolina is a great team. Um, they're, uh, everything about them is going to – flourish in this game against Georgia Tech. So, yeah, give me the heels. No problem at all. All right. We move forward. Final game of the weekend. Wake a 10-point favorite against Syracuse. Wake Forest deserves this to lose this game just because they did not credential my guy CFB Campus Tour, Mike. Uh, Nick, if you're going to be at the game, hit up my guy Mike. He's the best. He will be there, of course, uh, for that one on Saturday. But they will not credential him. So, for that reason alone, Wake Forest deserves to lose, but they'll win this game and they'll cover. Um, Syracuse, not very good. Um, the stuff that's been coming out of Winston-Salem this week with Dave Clawson is, is exactly what we preached on the last podcast. Like, this is a six and four football team, and like you know, we just you just wanted to rant about NC State's fan base. Like, it's not as loud in the Wake Forest fan base. But there are some legitimate Wake Forest fans that are upset at being six and four. Oh, as yeah. If, I, I, as, saw, as if they're, I saw that. Like, as if they're forgetting that, like, we're less than five years removed from six and six in a military bowl appearance. <laughs> and before that, like, like missing bowl games on a regular basis. Um, you know, this team has a very likely chance of finishing eight and four. That is a very good season for Wake Forest, considering what the Atlantic especially was. I mean, there will not be a what I would deem a bad loss on Wake Forest's resume. If they, like, the Louisville game will be a la- bad loss because of the score, but in terms of opponent, they will not have a bad loss if they do not lose. Honestly, hey, they could probably lose to Syracuse. They may not even be that bad of a loss. It's a not that far removed top 25 team. So, and give me the Deeks. I mean, and again, one final homage to the Virginia thing. Think about who the OC and the quarterbacks coach at Syracuse is. That's a Virginia staffers, man. And so, again, like I, I saw the Beck family grieving on Twitter yesterday. I'm not trying to say that that man cannot do his job while grieving, but again, realistically, they have a lot of problems to fix and. It's a lot harder to focus on fixing problems when, again, there are more important things in football going on in this world. So, Wake Forest is the better team. They're at home. They're going to be pissed off after last week. Sam Hartman's going to want to send off one final great game at the old, well, I guess now it's Truist Field or whatever, but the old BB&T Field, home to the giant cookout sign on the video board. And that's why I've always loved good old Wake Forest Demon Deacon football because cookouts proud sponsor of the Demon Deacons, but hey, give, give me the Deeks to win by two touchdowns or more. I mean, this just, it makes too much sense to me. No, this, this, this is the week Wake bounces back for sure. Um, like, 
I get it. NC State fans were a passionate bunch. We we were speaking a lot of you were speaking loud about Dave Thorne. But holy crap, Wake! Like, did you take more on pills after the UNC game? Like, what are you like? I'm I'm kind of in the Wake Forest Twitter world as well, based on who I follow and stuff like that. And you know, I've been following the team for for forever, really. Um, are you guys dumb? This is the best coach in your history history like Dave Clawson will end up being a better coach than Jim Grove now I get Jim Grove has an ACC championship but it's no debate since 2016 Wake has gone to a bowl game every single year since 2016 he has won how many bowl games four out of six I think four out of seven bowl games since he's been there after starting off two, three, and nine seasons, like you realize who you are. You're Wake Forest. Like Dave Clawson is the best you're gonna have. It's plain and simple. You, and this is coming from an NC State fan who knows they won't get a Dan Mullen. Maybe they won't get a Urban Meyer. They won't get a Deion Sanders. They won't get you know the Nick Sabins of the world or anything like that. You're Wake Forest. Who are you going to get? You had a – you struck gold when you got Dave Clawson. And guess what? You just signed him to a big-ass contract right after the ACC championship game. Like, what are you talking – you just won the Atlantic Division last year. Stop. Like, you Wake Forest fans that want Dave Clawson out, baffling absolutely baffling no i don't wake forest should be the last program ever ever to say that they want a winning coach out because that is stupid um well there are actually people calling for his head i didn't see that i just saw that there were angry fans like there, there were angry fans and there were a couple of people that were like okay is dave gonna be on the hot seat like basically they were saying how this season is a disappointment and that Dave needs to take a long look at himself. Their win total going into the season was eight wins. That's still realistic. Yeah, and they Wake Forest fans were expecting ten wins again. That's what they were expecting. I hate to break it to you, Wake Forest, but the ACC ain't as bad as it was last year. It's not. It's not. like, And I get it. Wake. You had a terrible loss to Louisville. Okay, fine, fine, fine. We'll move past that. And I get it. A tough loss to NC State on the road. A tough loss to North Carolina. Both teams, both programs that you're still trying to catch in terms of brand, in terms of your state, in terms of winning games, really. Because I get it. Since Dave Clawson has taken over, he has climbed and climbed a lot, but NC State still has, you know, a better record against you since Dave has taken over. Carolina still does. But look where you are. Like, it's tough right now because it's two in-state schools that you just lost to. But, look, you're going to bounce back against Syracuse. There's no doubt in my mind. I think, Wake, you're going to roll Syracuse. And then you can actually shut it all up. You can shut it all up when you play Duke. Because guess what? Duke, in-state game, 
your rival. Like, this is your football rival right now. You play them every rivalry week. This is your this is your spotlight to get back. Beat an in-state and conference team who is going bowling, who's riding high. You shut them all up. And guess what? You would beat Mike Elko. Mike Elko was on that first Dave Clawson staff, I believe. So there's still I mean, a lot is, ahead. I mean, this is like for Dave Clawson. I mean, this is preseason. I'm not the only one that said. Wake Forest, eight and four, Sun Bowl. That is all currently in the works. Like nothing has changed. Going into the year, logical people did not have Wake Forest beating NC State or Carolina. And Carolina was one of those that they might win, but then they'll lose at Florida State, which again would be two losses. Like there hasn't been a loss on the schedule where you go, oh my goodness. Again, the Louisville loss is bad of how it went down, but Goodness gracious, man, like, you know, sure, you want to, like, you know, again, you played in the ACC title game last year, but that was kind of, uh, you didn't even beat the team that you had to overthrow to to technically get there. They just happened to struggle against other teams. (laughs) You know, like, you know, they were, they lost a decent amount from last season. Like, you know, this is a program that, sure, they have a bunch of redshirt freshmen, you know, and all this stuff, they the sixth-year seniors, seventh-year seniors that roll out. But this is also a team that, like, doesn't have a bunch of five-stars. So, yeah, you may have – you may be able to fill, you know, leadership with leadership, but it doesn't mean the talent's always going to be a equal replacement. So, I mean, again, yeah, that's all I got for Wake Forest. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think they should roll. Uh, I will be working the game again this week. Uh o'clock kickoff on ACC Network. So uh, if you see me again, just DM me, say hi, whatever. Um, love being boots on the ground for an ACC game like that. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to go. Uh, it should be a fun night. I think Wake will bounce back in a huge, huge way. Um, yeah. Um, anything else, Micah? Any any quick little basketball notes? I know we talked about a little bit, but we got some big games going on. Right now, uh, Duke's playing Kansas at the moment. Uh, we had some ACC tip-offs today. Anything pop into your head at all? Shout-out to Louisville for losing what they thought was a game-winner at the buzzer but didn't oh get on in time God. to App State. Micah, <laughs> like, they're 0-3. Oh, Every loss has been by one point. Dude, Florida State is also 0-3, but they've also lost like by a lot more than one. But I think my favorite stat is, Nick, last year's last Louisville game was also a one-point loss to Virginia. <laughs> oh, my. And, so. my goodness, uh, quick question. Is it is it time, Jim Beheim? is it time that we take him out back? <laughs> no. I mean, God, two years in a row you lose to a school that's named after a tube of toothpaste. Can we be real, though, for a second, like, Jim Beheim is the definition of loses shitty games in November and December. Gets his team to where they're like the middle of the pack of the ACC tournament. Goes on this bullshit run that sneaks them into the last four in. Then they go to the Elite Eight. Well, you see, Jim we, thought, we thought that would happen last year, but it never happened. 
Yeah, is but this if, like now, now if, if, if they miss if they miss if they miss the tournament this year, then we can have this conversation. But I'm not having this conversation after losing to the Cuba toothpaste. I, I so that's that's a hundred percent fair. But I will say, back to back years, you lose to Colgate like that, and you don't make the tournament last year, where we thought you know they would be that middle of the pack ACC team make a tournament run. Well, it didn't happen. If it doesn't happen again. Lots of questions. Lots of questions. Um, sure. Let's see. Anything else? Uh, can we talk about Luch real quick? North Carolina, number one team in the country. They only won by uh, six against Gardner Webb, and they kind of had a little scare against Wilmington last week, but they or but they ended up pulling that out. Um, are we worried at all about UNC? Like. I feel like if they don't pound James Madison coming up uh, in a few days, that we could see them lose that number one spot. I'm not that worried about it. Only reason, I mean, it's true they might lose the number one spot, but like this team's the most talented team in the country. And I think when you look at it, like they're getting teams that are just going to give them their best game every single night. Like, you know, and you factor in too, like, I haven't been overly impressed with the rest of the top of college basketball. I mean, Tennessee just got shellacked by Colorado and Nashville. Like, you know, there's Gonzaga barely beat Michigan State. Yeah, like there's going to be these early ceiling. Did Michigan State? Then they just beat Kentucky, or did they lose in double? Uh, shoot, I was keeping track of that, and I lost. Went to double overtime, so I don't know what the final was. It but did like, go to double overtime. I'll give me one second, and I'll tell you. But keep going. So like. I'm not that worried about it. Like, I mean, Virginia looked very unimpressive in their first game, and there's a lot of expectations in Charlottesville. Like, I'm not, I'm not putting, yeah. So, like, I'm not putting too much weight into all of this, man. Like, yeah, you know, well, like, now again, if they, if they continue to eke out every single mid-major game by four points, sure, we'll start to have to have the conversation of is this team good enough to win a national title. But, I mean, again, like, I was kind of shocked when they were number one. I think it just kind of tells you what is coming back in college basketball this year. Like, there really isn't a huge, you know, I mean, for goodness sakes, one of the best players in college. Like, to give you an idea of just what makes college basketball so hilarious to me, Eastern Michigan, right, with Amani Bates, almost beats Michigan the other night, right? Everyone's like, oh, this Eastern Michigan team is going to be really, really good. They only beat a D2 team by six the night before, two nights before. But, hey, they played the number eight team in the country really close. They went off. This team's going to be good. Michigan's clearly really good, but Eastern's going to be that mid-major darling. Last I checked, they were losing by 20 to Bradley. <laughs> so, you know, it's college basketball, man. This ain't football where, like, a, a one or two bad games has to hold a ton of weight. Like, I mean, no team ever has lost more than what? Or lost less than two games in college basketball history, at least in the modern era. So I'm not that worried about it. Yeah. I am well, super worried about NC State, though. I mean, they don't look very good with their 3-0 and record, so they really got to wake <laughs> up. But uh, I'm happy for my – it looks good right now. I'm a little – uh, we will. I'll tell you this: guarantee we will not be last in the ACC with how we're playing and how the rest of the teams are playing right now. But uh, <laughs> guys, I know uh, college basketball is in full swing, and we have our first big matchups. Obviously, Duke is playing Kansas. 
Uh, NC State will be playing Kansas next week. Uh, Carolina. Wait, are y'all at Kansas or where's that game at? That's the battle for Atlantis. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but we will. We we don't talk about college basketball to at full length until football is all the way over. But we will continue to tweet about college basketball. Um, I think that's the best way to keep everybody engaged in what's going on since we are in the not just the things in college football, but we're getting to the spicy stuff where playoff rankings and bulls and all that kind of stuff and conference championships. So we will continue to tweet about college basketball and uh, we will uh, get in the full swing of things when football's over. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Again, please keep your thoughts, prayers, best University of Virginia and their football team, but just everywhere around the country. I mean, everyone's getting kind of a wake-up call to this. Obviously, the University of Virginia and their football program and the university as a whole needs needs it more than ever. So thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, it means just a little bit less here in ACT country, and go ACC. Go Wahoo.